0: Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: Take your Bible, if you would, and turn to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And if you don't have a Bible with you this morning, you can use the one right there in front of you. There should be a gray-looking Bible there and provided for you as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to ask once you find your place there, 1 Corinthians 3, that we be able to stand out of respect for the Word of God at this time. We'll be able to look at 1 Corinthians 3, and we'll find ourselves starting in verse 9. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9, this morning. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 reads this way. It says, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation... then he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Let's pray. Would you pray with me quietly as I pray out loud and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts this morning. Lord God, I thank you for the Word of God and we find ourselves back to 1 Corinthians. And Lord, we've been looking through this book and Lord, I thank you that you have allowed us to come to this point and at this time and Lord, this scripture. And Lord, I pray that you'll continue to use it in my life. Speak to me once again. Lord, I need it. I need the Word of God. I need you. I pray that you'll help this morning speak to us collectively, individually, and Lord, speak to our hearts more than anything. Lord, I pray that I will be dead to myself and alive completely to you, God. May people see you and not me. Lord, may they see the Scripture and the power of it, and Lord, as it is promised, that it will not return void. I pray that it will not return void in our life, in our day, in our week. And Lord, in our our being, Lord God, I pray that you will help us during this time to receive exactly what you so desire of us, whatever and however much it might be. Open our heart. Open our ears. May we be attentive to what you have for us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Appreciate you standing for the Scripture time and the reading of God's Word. Do you see it? In verse 9, do you see it? All these thousands of years later, the Lord Jesus Christ gives us two things that we can very much still relate to today. And even to this day, in February, yes, a cold day, but we can still relate to these two things found in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 3. In verse 9, it says, we are laborers together with God. Notice, please, it says, ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. God's husbandry goes from the standpoint, goes from the relation of a field, an agricultural standpoint. The word husbandry is not just a field, though. Mind you, please, it's a cultivated field. There's a difference between just seeing a field as you pass by fields this morning, or maybe you live and have a field around you, or maybe as myself, I of course came from Tennessee, many of you might know that, and many fields. Some fields are cultivated, other fields are dormant. Some fields seem to have some action going on in the field, other fields just seem to be there. Do you see it? An agricultural standpoint. Do you see it? It's not just a cultivated field, but it's also that we are God's building. Ye are God's building In an architectural standpoint, a building. And I love the fact that the Word of God, and may I say this boldly and proclaim this, it is still very much relevant for today. The Word of God is still good. It still lasts. It will endure forever. When you and I are gone, it'll still be around. And it was here before you and I came to this world and in this, on this earth, and the Word of God is still applicable to us today and where we find ourselves. It's very relevant. This is another proof, if I may, that God wants us to relate to Him and to have a stronger relationship with Him. We see buildings all around us. We see fields all around us. God is not talking about the buildings that we see around us. And you go to Philadelphia, you'll see plenty of buildings. You go to any major city, you'll see plenty of buildings. You go to any country or any farmland, you'll see plenty of fields. But God is saying, ye are God's field. Ye are God's building. And then it goes on to saying, it starts off in verse 9, it says, we are laborers together with God. Wow, to think that we are laborers together with God. This tells me God very much actively wants to use us. He desires to use you and me and desires to use us collectively and individually and then to come together. We are laborers and co-laborers with God. See, God says in Philippians, says, be confident. By the way, I need this. And I believe there's times where we all need this. Be confident of this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We are to be making a difference, and making a difference for eternity. We would do well to ask ourselves, when's the last time you and I made a difference in eternity? See, in Ephesians 4, it says, Whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working. We're talking this morning about being built up. Built up. This is effectual working. It sounds like something is being built up. It sounds like something is taking place, making increase, increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. It sounds like something is being built up. It sounds like we're to be together in this. And we are. And, and ye are God's building. And ye are God's, not just a field, but a cultivated field. I wonder when's the last time God's done some tilling. I wonder when's the last time you and I know that God is doing some work in our, in our heart, in our life. And, and the field is getting roughed up. And, and, and it's taking place. And, and so the Bible says, and Hosea says, sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up. Your fallow ground. It is time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. I, I want that. I, I want His coming. I, I want His raining righteousness upon you. But ye have plowed wickedness. Ye have reaped iniquity. Ye have eaten the fruit of lies, because thou didst trust in Thy way, in the multitude of Thy mighty men. You know, God wants righteousness sown. He wants mercy. He, he wants us to reap in mercy. He wants us, the ground to be broken up in our, in our hearts and our, our life. And, and God wants to do something. I don't know about you, but I hope you believe that God still wants to do something in open Bible. God wants to still do something in your life. God still wants to do something in your family. God still wants to do something with your neighbors. God still wants to do something in this world we live in because God is still on His throne. And he's not a God alone. Yes, I mean he's a God alone, and we're we're to be there with him and co-laborers, and we get to be right in with this matter of being a co-laborer with God. I wonder this morning, what kind of worker does he have in us? I wonder this morning what kind of field is being given. I wonder this morning, is God doing a work in our life? And you know, we're needed. We're needed. God can use anything. God can do anything. However He wants however He wills, however He pleases. God is God. He is in control. He will still be around when you and I are not on this earth. And by the way, living on this earth is looking more and more dim and more more and more uh, worse and worse as the days go on. And so much more the day is approaching. And so God wants to use us. We better find some time to seek the Lord. We better... Make sure that every man, in verse 8 it says, notice what happens in in verse 8, talking about the field. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Well, sounds like we better get in the field. Well, it sounds like we better get on the job site. In verse 14, and look at this please, it says, If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. You know, labor's labor. You know, to be a laborer with God, you've you got to go with God. You, and God's going to be there, and He's with us, and, and He's, and he's going to go with us as a co-laborer. But we, we have to be in the field. We have to get on the work site to labor on the building. We have to get behind a machine. And, and, and I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is this, we got to get behind what the Word of God has to say, and God has some instructions for us this morning. Because God says even in Ephesians 2 talking about a building it says Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. In verse 22 of Ephesians it says ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6:19 it says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, ye are not your own? Question mark. Ye are bought with a price; therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. And what you notice in our text this morning, please, in 1 Corinthians three sixteen and 17, very similar. Know ye not, verse 16, that ye are the temple of God, and that the temple of God... Know ye not, ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. And if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, Which temple ye are? It's almost as if God says, don't you know this? Know ye not? Don't you know your body is a temple? God has planned to accomplish this task. He wants to build up. God wants to do something with your life. He wants to do something with my life. He's not done with us yet. Praise God for that. I'm thankful that He's still continuing the work that He's begun in us. And He's going to perform until the day of Jesus Christ. And I'm I'm going to be confident in that. I'm going to be confident in the fact that God wants to use me. And He could use anybody, anything. But He says, I want to use you and cultivate a field. And ye are God's building and ye are the field. And so how is He going to accomplish this task? Would you turn with me to Romans to find out? Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Just a couple pages back, the book back from where we are. In Romans chapter 12, what has God given us to accomplish the task of being able to build up? I want to be a part of something that's building up. It's going up. It's going up. Something that's going to make a difference. Romans 12 says this. Romans 12, verse 6, or excuse me, verse 4. Start there as it says, For as we have many members in one body. And all members Have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. And every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministry; Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Do you notice the words, let us, in verse 6? Do you notice in verse 7? There they are again. Let us. Do you notice in verse 8? Let him do it. Do you notice even in verse 7? It's kind of tricky. We might think it means just to hold on and just to, just to stay put. But it says, our ministry let us wait. No, it's just like a server and a waitress. It means to get going with it, do it, serve, be, a, be, be on with it, and, and not just wait around, but, but use, use your gift and, and be diligent with it. And how do we do this? Well, verse 9 tells us, let love be without dissimulation. Not fake. Not hypocrisy. But real love. Love. Be real, sincere to God, to others. How do we notice this? It says, abhor that which is evil. Cleave, stick to it like glue, like gorilla glue, if you know what that is. Cleave to that which is what? Good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring you, preferring me. No, it says preferring one another. And notice there's something that's going on here. It has to do with a work that God is doing. It sounds like work, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Not slothful, fervent in spirit, Serving who? The Lord. William Carey said, Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Do you know this is the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead? Same power for us? that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that's amazing. That's wonderful. Do you catch that? Do you, you get this this morning in Ephesians 3.20? It says, the same power that worketh in us is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. In Ephesians 1.19 and 20 it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe? According to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. William Carey said, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. It's not the other way around. I'm going to attempt great things and then expect great things because of all my attempts. No, it's out of order. No, I'm asking God to do great things and God helping me Now I'm going to attempt great things for God. And it's because of God and because of His power and because of His working. The same power that raised Him from the dead. That same power is available to you and me. That's amazing. That's incredible. I hope you believe that today. The Word of God says it. Philippians 2.13, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Can we say that together? For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Let's try it again. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. That's a wonderful verse. And it's a wonderful not just thought, but it's something that God has promised to us. Because of how great God is, I desire to do great things for Him, and I'm going to live for Him, and I, I'm going to show my love to Him. Can I ask you? When's the last time you said, "God, I'm doing this for You"? Whatever it is, whether for You to drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. When's the last time you said, "God, I'm doing this"? Whatever this is, you fill in the blank. God, I'm doing this for you. I pray right now that what I'm doing right now is not for you just to hear this, but it's God, I'm doing this for you. And I pray right now that in your pew right there that you're you're, you're alert to what God has for us this morning. We're building up. We're going up with, with something that God has for us and we're getting there and God has given us so much. Would you notice in verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 3, we go back to 1 Corinthians 3, it's God that's done all this anyways. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 3, similar to Romans, and and Romans, where we were, it says that the grace is given to us. And it's given to us by God. And you'll notice very similar to that in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10, it says, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon, according to the grace. Grace. Not just a wonderful word but what a meaning, what a definition it comes with. Undeserved favor, unmerited favor, what we don't deserve. By the way, it's what you think someone else's doesn't deserve that's treated you wrongly, that's done wrongly to you. You, What you think someone else doesn't deserve, grace should take over. Do you know this? Pride and proud people never minister grace. They never minister grace. We want grace to be shown to us, but are we willing to give grace to others? I wonder this morning if the amount of grace that we gave out to others, if it only came back to us, the grace that we gave out to others, I wonder how much grace we'd have. I'm thankful that's not the way God works. My, how much trouble we'd all be in. God's grace is rich. By grace are you saved through faith, it's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Grace of God bringeth salvation and appear to all men. Grace is to influence us in such a way that it shows grace to others. And we're to abound in that. It says it, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. It shows God at work in our life. And He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness." Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Charles Spurgeon said, If grace does not make you different from your surroundings, do you really have grace at all? If grace does not make you different from your surroundings, do you really have grace at all? But by the grace of God, I am what I am. 1 Corinthians says, And his labor which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was given me. God's want to do something. It's a building. He's looking, number one, for laborers. He's looking for laborers. Notice, please, verse 8. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one and every man. Every man. By the way, ladies, it's not, not including you. This is talking about everybody. And that word every is what you need to concentrate on. Because it's for everyone. Matter of fact, so much so, it says in verse 10, that every person is to take heed how he, how he builds. Let every man, not just the men... But it's all of us. It's it's a context of general and generalization to this completely. Let every person, if I may, take heed how he builds. And wow, what a foundation we have. The blueprint and the laborers are to reflect the foundation. The great work has been trusted to us and it's going to be tested by God himself. You know, the people God chooses as laborers are not maybe what would meet your and I's description, what you and I would think. Would you notice, please, in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26? You want to see who's qualified? You want to see who makes the list? Who makes the cut? Who is going to be chosen? It's not always what you and I would think meet the description. It's not the description you and I would come up with. The job description. Do they have these qualities? Do they will they be able to fulfill the responsibilities? Here it is. You ready for it? In first 1 Corinthians 1:26, 1, for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many noble. Nope. Not wise men. Not many noble. Nope. Are called, are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things. This is what, here's the qualifications here of somebody that's going to be a laborer. God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen weak. No, I want, give me the strongest person. But God says, give me the weakest person. Weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and, and base things of the world, and things which are despised. Hath God chosen... Praise God. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. Because it's not about us. It's not about you and me. Because this is where it's about. Verse 29, no flesh should glory in His presence. I want to ask you this morning, are you weak enough for God to use? Are you low enough to let God in? God is not looking for winners. Losers. God's not looking for those who want to go first, but last. God's not looking for superstars, servants. So much so it says, do lost slaves. God's not looking for celebrities, but adopted servers. God's not looking for us to strut our stuff, but to give Him honor and glory only. God's not looking for talent, but willingness. God's not looking for service. Excuse me, God is looking for service, not stardom. The problem is we like our flesh, glorying. But it says, well done, thou good and faithful preacher, teacher, uh, uh, Well done, thou good and faithful singer. Well done, thou good and faithful musician. Well done, thou good and faithful teacher. No, it says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Wow, I wonder why God used that word on purpose. It's not about who you are, what you are. It's all about God. The work is so important that it brings glory to God. It's so important that no flesh, glory in it. I wonder this morning, are you doing things, am I doing things for my sake? Are doing things for your sake? Or are we doing things for God's sake? God has the plans. He has the blueprints. It's important that we build right. Lives are at stake, and what we place on the foundation is criti- crucial and critical, and, and what, we, what we build up from that foundation, the foundation is laid is none other than Jesus Christ, and the foundation's good. But what we put on that foundation, it, if we're not careful, it's going to come crashing down. And if we're not careful, it could be just nothing but a pile of rubble. And the strength is going to come from the foundation, and It's Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He says, Be of good courage, and He'll strengthen your heart. And He says, He's a refuge and a a present help in time of trouble. And man, He's my light and my salvation. And whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The foundation's good. But there's a workforce needed, there's laborers that He desires. It's all of us. And God is going to use people to build. And God, as a rightful owner, has a few interview questions. You ready for them? Number two, an interview. I know we all hate interviews. But there's only two questions that I see at least at this time in reading the Scripture right now. In 1 Corinthians 2.15, here's the first interview question. We get to the interview stage. Here we are. It's a lifelong project. It's important. It's going to be tested. God Himself is going to test it. Here's the question, 1 Corinthians 2 15. He that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. He that is spiritual. The first question for the interview, letter A, is Will you make decisions spiritually? Will you make decisions spiritually? For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. If you love me, keep my commandments. It says in Psalm 119, I have hope for thy salvation and done thy commandments. I keep thy testimonies. I love them exceedingly. My ways are before thee. Man, I want to build. I want to see growth. Well, it starts with the blueprints. And the blueprints say that it involves people. And and there's laborers. and, And we want the right kind of laborers on the workforce. And the workforce is going to be important that we ask ourselves... If, if you're willing to be a laborer for God, which God wants to be co-laborers with us, and he's, he's right there with us together, then it's going to come down to this question. When decisions come your way, and when decisions come while you're in the field, while it's getting cultivated, while we're ready to plant, or we're watering, while we're, or we're uh, tilling up the ground, and then when we're on the job site, and, and on the, the workforce is needed, and decisions come your way, the decisions that you and I make, will they be spiritual? How do I do that? How do I make decisions spiritually? Well, it just so happens that, if I may, God has the blueprints already given to us. Praise God for this. And so we can go up with this building because the plans are set. The structure is going to go up if we follow these blueprints. And we get to be a part of inspecting the process. And we are not the architect. We are a laborer. And so God has already got it all figured out, and it's, and so we got to go back to the job site, and here we go, we're going to pull out some blueprints. Just so happen to have some blueprints, the Open Bible Baptist Church building program. And I know, and I think, thank God, the preacher's here today, and I'm sure he recognizes these. If you, So, but um, there's a bunch of pages here, but here's something about a blueprint. When we go back to the job site and the trailer, and, and you know that trailer they always have on the job site, and You go there, and and, uh, it's where the important people go. And they look at the blueprints, and, well, not to make changes. Not to make changes, but stick to the blueprint. Well, follow the outline. This this is already drawn up. Matter of fact, it's blue. And the blueprints nowadays are not just blue. They're they're colored and full color, but this one goes back a little ways. 98, I believe it is. And uh, so we unroll the plans, and we see that, huh, Yeah, you and I are not the architect. Your name and my name's not on here. Um, The person who prepared the plans and designed the building and is going to supervise the construction, Uh, matter of fact, it's illegal, illegal, illegal for anyone to change these plans. If they're not the architect. And this is an architectural service that none of us are allowed to do unless we're the architect. And so you and I are the laborers, we're the skilled workers, we're in need of some inspectors of the plans, and we're to really just survey the instructions and keep on going back to that trailer and looking at these instructions, but the instructions don't happen to be this, they happen to be this. And so the framework's going to go up, but it's going to come from the plans. And the plans are important. And so the critical interview question is this, when you find yourself on the job site when no one else is around, And when you're the only one with a hard hat on, if I may, and your your tools are on, and you're you're geared up and you're ready, are you and I going to go back to the plans? When when you're faced with that spiritual decision, will you open up the plans? But then it's not just good to unroll the plans and open up the plans if you're not, number B, willing to follow the plans. Any of us can say, yeah, I read my Bible. Yeah, I, I... I love God. Yeah, I love God's Word, but if you love me, keep my commandments. It doesn't say, if you love me, open my commandments. That's a start. That's good. I'm, I'm thankful that you're opening and going through the plans. I'm thankful that blueprints are being looked at. But if the blueprints are only being looked at and they're not being followed, you're no, you and I are no different than Pharisees, Sadducees, hypocrites. We're no different. That's why those examples are in the Word of God for us because we're to judge the right things. That is what we're to judge. We're to be discerning. We're to examine. We're to evaluate all things by the Word of God. You know, as a laborer, we get to have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So God's not looking to fudge here, skimp there. It's okay that this isn't straight. No, it matters. God's not looking for the plumbing to be out of shape because then the plumbing will not work. God's not looking just to use these materials over here because we just happen to have them. No, He wants it to be what He says. Because it's going to come down to later on, you know, the storms are coming and, and the wind's going to come your way and, and that house is not going to stand and there's Scripture about that and the board that just gets just moved move up just a little bit and it's not level and it's not straight and it's not right. Well, you know what? That comes, turns out to, to matter. And God's a God of order and let all things be done decently in order and God's work is meant to be God's way. And so maybe you want to write this down. What's being emphasized in the plans is to be emphasized in the build. And the instructions are given to instruct our way and there's no revisions to the plan. And so God happens to know what He's talking about and God knows and He already had it all figured out before you and I came on this earth. And so all we need to do as laborers is just get in on it. If I may, and just, just grab, grab the tools and be ready to, to listen to what God has to say and make decisions spiritually and then follow God's instructions on all this. Apply thine heart to instruction and thy ears to the words of knowledge. He that is in the way of life, keepeth instruction, but he that refuses, reproof ereth. Give instructions to a wise man and he'll be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. You know the problem? most of the time that we find ourselves in is we think we have it all figured out. That's what we do. We won't admit it. But if we're making progress with our plans, then we think our plans are right. But that's not how it works. And we're to make progress with God's plans. You know it's hard to say yes to the plans? It's not easy. You know what it goes up against? It goes up against what I want. It goes up against what my flesh tells me. It goes up against what we think is okay. No, this, this tells us some things that, man, it, it hurts and it convicts, it challenges. And, man, it's, it's like that sword. And, yes, yeah, the Word of God is going to pierce and rather divide us under. And, man, it's, it's uncomfortable. And God wants us to become uncomfortable because God is not looking to have a pile of rubble. When the job is completed, he wants the, the job to go up. He's looking for laborers that are willing to follow the plans. And he's wanting us to use, number three, the right materials. It sounds like we're on a job site. We've gone through the interview. We, we see what kind of labors God uses. The weak things, the foolish things. People that we would never think God would use. God uses, he wants them. That's, his, that's, that's the ones he just... Made, made through this interview stage. Yeah, the weak ones. Yeah, the ones that are about giving Him glory and not taking glory for themselves. That's exactly who He wants. That no flesh should glory in His presence. He, he, and then secondly, He's he taking us through some questions and are we making decisions spiritually? Are we going to follow the instructions? Are we going to really live by what we say we believe? The Word of God? And then the materials are going to matter. They do matter. Verse 12. Now if any man build... Upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. We have some choice materials, and then we have some cheap materials. Do you see the difference of them? Of course we do. The wood, hay, and stubble, that's cheap. It's everywhere. It's all around. You can probably find it in your backyard. Some of it. But the gold, silver, and precious stones, you're going to have to go digging for that and hopefully not take it for somebody else. But the gold, silver, and precious stones are, are going to take some effort. It's going to take some work. And the gold, silver, and precious stones are going to last. And they're going to be eternal. And, and the wood, hay, and stubble is going to be temporal. And it's, gonna, it's not going to make it. And when the fire comes, and when it's tried by fire, and when, when, it, when it's manifested, it's going to become evident what's still standing and what's still there. And It's going to become very obvious and it's going to be very much plain and recognized and and known and appeared and, and very apparent. See, the city of Corinth, Corinthians, in 146 B.C., the only things that remain was what made it through the 146 B.C. fire. The building metropolis known for 350 to 400,000 people, I mean, getting so fast and growing so quick that they're just putting it all up as quick as they can, and and most of the time they were doing it so quickly and so fast that the wood, hay, and stubble was coming out, and if you look at some of the buildings in Corinth, you'll see only what stands, and you see the remains of of Corinth, you'll only see what lasted, because the wood, hay, and stubble caught fire, but the gold, silver, and precious stones stayed, and stuck around, and the hay was used for insulation, and, and a stubble for the roof, and as a quick fix, and the problem, though, is when the fire comes, it doesn't stay, and it goes up fast. I remember going behind a, a trailer one time in Tennessee, and the, the trailer was full with nothing but hay, and hay bales, and the hay got so hot that it caught on fire, and I'm telling you, in a matter of minutes, it almost felt like seconds. That whole trailer was engulfed in flames, because it's Temporal, not eternal. Oh, we got to find some things that are lasting. Well, the Word of God is lasting. Heaven is lasting. Souls going to heaven are, is lasting. People work takes work, but it's lasting. The true work of, of a church investing in people is lasting. And the work of the church is lasting. Jesus lasts. And He's represented as gold, silver, and precious stones when you look at this Scripture. And in 1 Peter 1.18 and 1 Peter 2. But I want to move on to something that's going to really describe Jesus. And really tell you what's the best material. So you know that you're going after gold, silver, and precious stones. And so you know, you know the materials go up, but if you get somebody behind the hammer that has an attitude... Sometimes they're doing more damage than they are good. Sometimes they're missing the nail that's trying to go into the 2x4, or the 2x4 is all crooked and not right, and you know what? The building looks like it's going to not do too well. They have the right materials. There's the nail, there's the hammer, there's 2x4, but they just don't have the right motive. Number four, the motive. And the last that we'll look at this morning. You can become a laborer and work with all the right materials, put all the right materials on the site, semi-trailer pulls up, there's all the wood, there's all the material, the house is going to go up, but if the motive's not right, you get the wrong laborers with the wrong motive, you could still end up with a big mess, and it can all come crashing down. All that work, all that effort, all the hours, man hours, woman hours, family hours, toil, sweat, tears, all wasted. Amy Carmichael said the work will never go deeper than we've gone ourselves. Oh, we may look successful to men now, but the day shall declare it. And on that day, she says, some Christians' work will go up and smoke immediately. What's the internal ingredient? The internal pieces for the build? What is it? What's going to last? What's going to make it? What's going to survive the test of time? What is going to really be here when you and I are no longer here? What's going to make such a difference that it actually lasts forever? It says, if any man's work abide in verse 14, it says we're saved. Yeah, verse 15. It says, You're saved. Yeah, you're saved. Thank God that it's not based on our works. We'd all be big time trouble. But you know what? The Bible does say that our works do follow. Once you're saved, yes, you're saved forever, and yes, you have a home in heaven, but there's to be fruit that abounds to our account. There's to be things that last. In Florida and back in 2020, just days after a new home went up, it was completed, the builder became very distraught. Because the news that came to him after the build was already up was to demolish the brand new home. What he had just put up. It was done. It was completed. Dream home for a family. Excited about it. Looking forward to it. Done the walkthroughs. Got the pictures. Planning where to put the furniture. Everything figured out. Excited about crossing that threshold. The front door. Be in their dream home, a new home, tear down. All as a result of just a little bit over five feet. What do you mean, five feet? Well, five feet from where that home should have been built. Five feet. Just five feet. One, two, three, four, five. Not much difference. Well, to the HOA it was. To the Homeowners Association it was. To the neighbors next door it was. To the neighbors on the other side it was. So much so that you've got to tear that down. We can't have that happen. It looks great and the, and the family's ready to move in. And Why? Because the rules of the HOA said... It's got to be more than five feet. And that was already in the plans before that dream home went up. So, take it down. They literally had to tear that down, a new home, brand new materials. But the best was lacking. They had to redo all the work all over again for the sake of just a matter of feet. How crazy is that? But it wasn't going to last in that spot because they missed The best plan. I tell you, dear Christian, save one or unsave one, Christian or unchristian, God has a plan. God's plan is best. It's an eternal plan, it'll last forever. What's the best thing that can be added to anything eternal to make it of value? Because the value is supposed to go up. It's supposed to increase. When the place goes up, it's supposed to increase. And what more you put into it, it increases. And so what's the best value? God uses the same word abide to tell us what the best motive and value is, lasting for eternity in another portion of Scripture. And it's actually close to the end of this book. Would you take your Bible, please, and turn to 1 Corinthians 12. You want to see what lasts? You want to see what our motives to be? You want to see what's going to be eternal forever? God gives it to us in 1st Corinthians 12 verse 31. 1st Corinthians 12:31. But covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet I show unto you a more excellent way. Verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 13, here it is. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, sounds like one of the gifts back in Romans 12 we looked at earlier, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, and that's great so much that I can remove mountains and have not charity. I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, wow, yeah, you're doing it, you're giving. And though I give my body to be burned, that's even more extreme, and have not charity. It profiteth me nothing. Tongues. The first one, the Tongues. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Have not charity, nothing. Big zero. Big fat egg. Nothing. Well, yeah, you're sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. it's, It's a bunch of noise. Huge gongs. Not very pleasant. Something like that. Not music to the ears. A lot of noise, but no result not pleasant gift of prophecy understand all mysteries okay now we got two zeros two big fat eggs because why well it says though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries. you're smart well you 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 know something you've got it figured out you have the gift of prophecy You know it before everyone else knows it. Well, not without love. Big zero. No hero. Like you think you are. All this and I've done all these things and what you think you are? Nothing. Without love. Next it says, "I, I understand all mysteries and all knowledge yeah i know better than everyone else knows you know people should come to me to find out about what they should do you know what life looks good in the mirror well the best thing is lacking it's another big zero it's nothing it profits nothing Matter of fact, you don't have anything. It's kind of like that wood, hay, and stubble. <sighs> Gone. Burns up. Just prophes me nothing. You can even have faith. So much so that you can remove mountains and, and even so much faith that, man, I, I'm ready. If, 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 if I'm going to be burned, I'm going I'm to be burned for my faith. Well, that's great. But what about your love? right now, when you're not even faced with being burned? What about when somebody burns you? What about when somebody falsely accuses you? What about when somebody says something that you know is not true? Well, I have faith. Wait a second. Without love, another zero. Now this is great. Not really. With all these zeros. Because it's nothing. The Bible says it's nothing. Well, you know, I, you know what I do? I, I give to charity and that's great. And I'm glad you feed the poor and the poor need to be fed. And, and the Bible talks about how we, to do that. But guess what the Bible is saying is the most important thing and the motive that's supposed to be in place and it's going to make for a building that's going to last. Whether you're a laborer, whether you made it through the interview stage, whether you made it through all the materials and you're, you're focused on the materials, I want it to be, well, I want it this way. Well, if you want it so bad, then here's what it takes. The best gift... Even more excellent way. It's it's actually going to last forever. And it's not going to be a bunch of nothings because you're going to see that something happens here when we get there. And it it says, so I have faith, and and though I feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Nothing. But verse 4, charity suffereth long, and is kind, charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is, is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity. Sounds like that would be a rejoicing in iniquity then. So rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. That sounds like it's going to last Matter of fact, so much so it says in verse 8, charity never, 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 no, never, no, never, means never, uh, faileth. But there be prophecies, they shall fail. There be tongues, they shall cease. There be knowledge, they shall vanish away. We know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be gone, done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things, we now see through all the glass darkly, but then face to face, now, I know in part, but then shall I even know as also I am known? And now abideth faith, hope, cha- excuse me, but now by faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest, the greatest, what's going to last, what's going to matter? in eternity, and forevermore is charity, because look at what happens when charity is added. What happens to these zeros? What happens to everything? Next slide, men, please. Though I bestow my goods to feed the poor, we we mentioned that. And the next slide, please. And though I give my body to be burned, yeah, of course. Okay, next slide. You're you're sounding brass, thinking the symbol. You're nothing. You're probably nothing. But what happens if you if you add charity? What, What if we put in charity? What if we just put in this one thing? The value of it. What can happen? There it is. A million the value of charity changes everything just one just one thing see the love of God is to be shed and to broaden our hearts and it adds value to anything done and it's the gold silver and precious stones because God is love and we want to turn vanity and zeros into eternal substance It's this it's this way it's, it's exactly how we do that in God's divine look, love looks like verse 4 through 7 what we just read and so I want to ask you yourself this morning, and ask myself this morning, is my love long? Is it kind? Is it envy not? Is it not puffed up? Is it not vaunted bond to self? Is, Does it be, not behave itself unseemly? And on and on it goes, and above all these things, I'm to have fervent love. And Peter says that, and John says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. And 3 John 1, 6 says, we're born witness of our charity, and we're to leave a spiritual legacy And so when we're facing the judgment seat and when we're going to be revealed by fire and when it's going to be tried and manifest, it's going to be declared and it's going to be shown, the love is going to be what lasts. That is if we are giving love. That is if we have the the one that's the greatest out of all. And then it brings the value like this to all the other zeros of nothing and it changes it, everything. And the fruit of the Spirit is the first one is Love. Love is to constrain us. It's to control us. It's to move us. The love them which love you. ha! Huh. Even the publicans do the same. That. You're no better than a publican. I'm no better than a publican. This doesn't happen by human love. This has happened by God's divine love. And so this morning, I want to ask you this morning as we close, I want to say, you and I have a duty to display the love of Christ. It's to our family members. It's to our friends. And if we fail in this, we destroy the model. If we destroy the model, what does that say about Christ's love for them and to those who don't believe? When we fail to forgive, what is that saying about how Christ forgave us? When you and I are to be living example of the Gospel, we are to show the love of Christ to all men. You know, the love of Christ was shown to me was shown to you, it's unconditional. So how can you and I not give back what has been so freely, so freely given to us? This value of charity changes everything. Bunch of zeros, all the things you do, all the things you're doing, all the things I'm doing, if we do not have love, nothing. If we do have love, at least a million, maybe more. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you'll help us to see the importance of what lasts. The building's going up. What's eternal is the only thing that's going to last. The wood hay and stubble, what's temporal, will be gone in an instant. What's eternal lasts forever. Lord God, if there be anyone this morning that does not know the love of you, has not experienced the love of God. Lord, as a Christian, we're to shed it abroad in our hearts. But as someone who does not know you, it's hard. And they can't even shed that abroad because they have not trusted in you. I pray they would trust in you.
0: Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.